Hello again, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. Caitlin. Yeah. It's momentous. What's momentous? Do you know what today is? Um, it's Sunday. Do you know what number episode this is, Caitlin? Oh, it's episode 10! Episode 10! <laughs> oh, dear. <sighs> oh, oh, God! <laughs> Now we can't turn it off. That's what happens. <laughs> Morning Zoo Radio is harder than it looks, people. <laughs> uh, yes, it is episode 10. Did you ever think we would make it this far? Um, I hoped. I, I, I didn't. <laughs> well, that's not... Well, I, I, have a <laughs> I saying, honestly didn't think we were going to get this far. I have a saying I like to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always practice this, but I like to use it. Uh, it's plan for the worst, hope for the best. There you go. Or or remain cautiously optimistic. <laughs> or remain cautiously optimistic. Uh, there are many ways you can listen to the show. Foremost, SoundCloud or iTunes. You can follow us on SoundCloud. You will get notifications whenever a new episode hits. Or subscribe to Geek Down on iTunes. Just look us up in the top right corner of your iTunes search. Type in Geek Down. We will come up, hit subscribe. New episodes downloaded to your device as soon as they go live, which is on Tuesdays. That is very easy. That all sounds very simple. So easy. There's there's nothing nothing stopping you from, from listening. subscribing. Yeah. Um, um, also, sorry. Yes. I just I have to mention that um, again. You can just straight up Google us too, because now <laughs> mm-hmm. if you Google us, we come up. Top result. Has, <laughs> to, has to be pod. Yeah, it has to be pod. <laughs> has to be geek down pod. Geek down be... pod. We are owning regular geek down. We're like four pages back. No, but... we're not. No, it's like the second one. What? Yeah, I just don't want to lead people astray. I feel like that's customized results. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's I feel like that's the result of your favorite thing. I which is algorithms. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. I like to think that that happens to anyone if they if they Google us. <laughs> We will hope to let us know on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash geekdownpod. How you feeling about the Facebook group this week? Uh, really good. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. good. A lot, of, a lot of activity on there. Yeah. A lot of people thinking you're being way too nice with the... Uh, with the ratings. With the ratings. The ratings are kind of, uh, they're kind of all over the place, but it's sort of us getting used to what we like and don't like. And how mean we're going to be with each other. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, if someone really loves something, we just like, like to crush them. I fucking hated this, but I don't want to shit on her too bad, so we'll give it a five. Yeah. Um, oh. But we're sort of, we're getting used to giving out ratings, and I think it's gotten a little bit better. It will probably get better because we have now officially reached... The tenth episode. You turned the volume down on the. <laughs> See what had happened you, was. You guys, this is so hard. <laughs> uh, so he turned the volume down on it because it wouldn't stop, and then he tried to click it, but the volume was down, so it wouldn't go. Oh, these bits are so hard. And you know what? I'm leaving. Fuck it. I'm leaving it all in. I'm leaving it all in. Y'all can see behind the curtain. Yeah. How this works. Uh, oh no! I'm gonna take it away from him. <laughs> Now that we're done with all of the uh, work, I guess you could say. Preamble. The, 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 the business. Yes. Um, we can get on to news. News. Yeah. Um, I'll probably start because I think I have more news than you do today. Probably. I don't and really have anything. We'll start it off with, with something amazing. What's amazing? Powerpuff yourself. Oh, yeah. That's right. Powerpuff girls are coming back and they launched this marketing, 
I guess, I don't know, you do plan. As you do. As you do. It's, I actually think it's brilliant because I had no idea that they were bringing Powerpuff Girls back. But then I saw people who had Powerpuffed themselves, which is basically making um, a cartoon of yourself in the mm-hmm. style of the Powerpuff Girls. Um, and I freaked out and immediately Powerpuffed myself. Um, <laughs> that sounds incorrect. <laughs> I think I think it's amazing. Go ahead and power puff yourself. Uh, power puff yourself. Keep power puffing yourself. I guess they're not relaunching it, but they're sort of they're not redoing it. They're just continuing the Powerpuff Girl story, and they are launching that on Monday, April fourth. So by the time you guys hear that, it would have been one day already since they had done that. So check it out if you like the Powerpuff Girls. For me, the Powerpuff Girls were sort of around when I was in high school. But they were one of those cartoons that people don't realize they really, um, for all the other things like Adventure Time and um, uh, Steven Universe. Oh, she got it. Uh, thank you. I was waiting for just, it. Just, Steven Universe yes. and uh, a couple of others, um, Star and the Powers of Evil. I think that's one of the other cartoons that's sort of in that same um type Mm -hmm. um it's sort of they're fun but they also have these weird elements sort of grown-up elements mixed in powerpuff girls was one of the first um mojo jojo the devil the devil was a cross-dressing um red being haven't people retroactively gone back and and stamped him problematic his name's him isn't it just call him him it is him and yeah it could have been but i just mean the elements of sort of strangeness Mm -hmm. um that you didn't get a lot from cartoons Powerpuff Girls was one of the first that sort of did that. I don't really have much to say about that. Apparently not. I'm happy you're happy. Look, the Powerpuff Girls, I I appreciate as a cultural phenomenon of the time. You were in high school, so it would put me in college. So I was was not really paying that much attention to what was happening with, like, Cartoon Network at that time. I was probably deep diving the first age of my uh, anime experience, which we will talk more about this show especially. But I think you can still sort of appreciate what they have done for cartoons. I can, yeah. Maybe not you specifically. <laughs> I'm general you, because I can see that you don't have a lot to say about Powerpuff Girls. No. Um, but I definitely, when you know Adventure Time got really big, I, de- I recognized a lot of what they were doing um, in what Powerpuff Girls had done. And yeah, I'm sure there are problematic elements to it. Um, I mean, it came out in early 2000s, so... Oh shit, I think it was more like the 90s. Yeah, it, well, sorry. No, no, I don't think it was. Early 2000s, because that's when I was in high school. If I'm right, I'm blowing the horn. <laughs> Great. That's right. It's blowing the horn. The first Powerpuff Girls cartoons were aired in 1995 and 1996. Really? Yes. That early? May not have had its own show... Oh, maybe it was part of Dexter's Lab. Made its official debut in 1998, but they had popped up before then in like shorts and anthology shows. I just remember it distinctly having a thing for bubbles in high school. Like I had a bubbles doll that if you pressed her stomach, she'd be like, I'm hardcore. That kind of thing. Um, I talk to squirrels. Like that kind of. (laughs) Which one was bubbles? uh, Bubbles is the cute blonde one. Color. Blue. Okay. (laughs) They don't have names. Which one is the green one? Buttercup? Uh, butter, uh, buttercup and the pink one was Blossom. Yeah, I rode for Buttercup. <sighs> I, they're, okay, fine. It bubbles all the way. Anyways, I'm just excited that it that it's back. We'll see how it does. Um, I think there's a lot like it now, so it might not do as well, but there's always space for cool girls kicking butt. 
And I think this they're doing a lot of these. I thought I had read. I thought like Ed, 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 Ed and Eddie might be oh, might getting be some back? more episodes as well. I thought they were just de- developing an entire block of these like 90s relaunch Nickelodeon cartoons. That's pretty cool. Nickelodeon Cartoon Network cartoons. What's really interesting, um, just talking about that and thinking about them coming from the 90s, I was having a conversation with a couple people, um, a couple women, and we talked a lot about how... Women are people, Caitlin. I people know. would have sufficed. Well, no, because it was specific to the fact that when we were growing up in the 90s, we had a lot of shows and heroes that were female-specific. Mm. So we had even Xena... We had a lot of cartoons that were uh, women-centric. So I guess Powerpuff Girls, Sailor Moon, you know. Um, We had Buffy. And they were named in it. And there doesn't seem... There seems to be a a kind of a a gap right now, which seems weird. I think it's because there are a lot more females in shows. Yeah. Whereas in the 90s, you'd have like one token female. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of stuff... Sorry. There doesn't seem to be a lot of stuff that is starring a female or the female is sort of the center of the story. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is, but may I'm glad Powerpuff Girls are back. Cause it's, uh, not profitable right now. I don't think, I think in the nineties you had like for as trite as it was at the time. And I'm sure I knew a lot of angry riot girls in college who looked down their nose at it, but like, you know, girl power was a thing that was making money. So, but the I corporate think, overlords were willing to invest in. I think there's a different. There's definitely a, a distinct difference between what they think will make money and what does. Because the as we talked about last episode, a lot of the reason people are going to see Superman versus Batman <laughs> so, is for Wonder Woman. Spe- speaking of things that a lot uh, a lot of nerds think will make money versus what actually does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we talked about Batman v Superman last week and saying we because we recorded early because we were recording on Friday. We did not know what the box office was going to be. Um, it demolished its opening weekend. Yeah. Like $500 million. Uh, we are now recording this on a Sunday. So over a week has elapsed. And we know that the second weekend box office has plummeted 81%, 89%, something it, like that. What? It went from like making $500 million to making like $51 million. Oh, so yeah, that would, that would be like 89%. I wonder how these things will matter, though, because I just kind of came away from the whole, like, you know, critics savaging the movie and the nerds being like, Zack Snyder doesn't get it and sad Affleck memes and all that type of thing, which I just, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to watch the sad Affleck meme. It's just like, right. I feel like that awkwardness was going to be too much for me and yeah. awkwardness bumps me out at this point in my life. Here's the thing. Zack Snyder has now delivered twice. In, no no one at Warner Brothers is going to be like, no, no, don't let the guy who made us buckets of money keep making movies. I, I, I mean, that's the other thing, right? Like, uh, I think there was there's an idea in our heads that if a movie is is bad, not doesn't do well at the box office, but is bad, people won't make those movies. But Transformers <laughs> totally showed everyone that that's not true. Right. The Transformer movies are really bad, especially to people who like adore the 1986 Transformers movie. Like Transformer, the the live action Transformers movies are atrocious. Oh, I watched the first one. And like during every fight scene, I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now. It may have been just like, you know, two toys getting thrown down a a flight of stairs. Like I couldn't see. I couldn't even make out what was happening. So films being bad does not equate not being made. We just we know that now. 
what's upsetting i think for a lot of people is these characters mean a lot to them Mm -hmm. there was some angry article i mentioned it briefly to you about some guy who's angry about everything is superheroes now um but you have to remember that for a huge number of us superheroes that those were our stories right and i feel like the fear is if we don't go to see it they won't make they'll stop making them yeah and we won't have them anymore so I think a lot of people went into Batman v Superman. We just call it Dawn of Justice. It's less syllables. Yeah. Um, went to see Dawn of Justice knowing I'm not going to like this. This is going to be terrible. Zack Snyder hates Superman. This is not a version of Batman or Superman I want to see. But if I don't go see this, maybe the Wonder Woman movie doesn't get made. Maybe the Justice League movie doesn't get made. Maybe they pull the plug. Maybe they don't make that. another Batman movie for another like 10 years or something. Like, like I need these. So they keep begrudgingly going to see them um which again also so my sister is not a huge nerd like i am she's mm. actually probably the coolest person i know <laughs> um but she loves action films and she loves adventure films um and she really does look like superhero films and i asked her what she thought about the film and what she thought about wonder woman and she was like it was so bad <laughs> and and um you know my sister likes all ki- like she she likes all kinds of action films they don't have to be really super well written she's like me like we we just want our films sort of to be fun mm. unless they're about a serious topic um but she just said even wonder woman she was really in impre- un- unimpressed with gal gadot and uh, I actually ended up showing her a cartoon of Wonder Woman from Justice League War. Mm. And she was like, this is way better. Why couldn't they have done something like this? You know, um, and so we'll see. I actually haven't still I still haven't seen it. Um, I was busy, you know, living life and that kind of thing. Uh, I checked to see if uh, it was available on various nefarious means. Uh, and it was, but I wasn't uh, I didn't have time to check it out. This we week. have priorities. And that is not high up on them. And can we just say... Sad music. <laughs> get some violins here. Y'all need to get over the Batman as fascist thing. What? Well, I, I don't know anything about this. This is like the reaction to the Frank Miller version of Batman. Okay. The thing is, I feel like when he wrote Dark Knight Returns, he was being satirical he was taking the idea of batman and pushing it to its furthest logical extreme which is like of course if you're the type of guy who would do this right this is the type of person you would be you would be kind of crazy fascistic (laughs) fascist you'd be kind of a fascist um the problem is frank miller as he got older and 9-11 happened he was very outspoken at the time i remember writing a piece for a comic site about how nuts frank had gotten Mm -hmm. um we will recall holy terror was supposed to be a batman book that dc went "Ooh, god no 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 no, no, we're not we're not gonna (laughs) do that um yeah the problem is frank then got older went through 9-11 and again i always say i wasn't there However people are going to react to something like that, that's your business. Frank kind of looked at it and went like, you know what? Batman was on to something. Oh. And I feel like that's kind of been his take ever since. And there are some people who, frankly, I don't think are very savvy about the characters who think like, yeah, that's the Batman I want. He kicks ass. And yeah, Batman. And and I think, and this is what I've heard a And little. this is what I think Zack Snyder is soups into. Oh, and- yeah. Well, that's what I've heard. And which is, that's, it's funny. Um... 
Kaim Dar actually said it. I was thinking it while watching Daredevil, which we'll get into in a second. Um, I was I actually said it out loud. I said Daredevil is a way better Batman than Batman is. <laughs> I mean, lately, really. Yeah, um, Dar- the, Daredevil is Marvel's Batman, basically. It, in the cartoons, Batman still he, he's the detective vigilante. Mm. The detective work is some of the best parts yeah, of when's Batman. When's the last time Batman's been a freaking detective in any of these I know movies. and and as much as people I know some people I I loved Tim Burton's Batman like I have probably stories I could tell about how much that influenced everything and I will fight anyone who tells me otherwise <laughs> have you watched them recently yeah I watch I watch the the first and second one every single year at around Christmas damn yeah I will fight you. <laughs> you may have to. I will fight you. I watched them again recently because I beloved them in my youth and did not feel like it held up. But discussion for another time. Another, Continue. another time. <laughs> Anyways, so even in those ones, he was doing detective work. It was yeah. a big part of the character. And that sort of disappeared from the movies. It's still in the cartoons. You still see him doing the detective work. Um, but in the movies, it's sort of, it's gone. Even in Nolan's, even in The Dark Knight, there yeah, was the whole thing about I mean. trying to find the Joker and the methods he was going to use to try to do it. And again, it was a commentary on fascism and uh, surveillance and things yeah. things like that. Um, now we just get smashy, smashy. Smashy, smashy. Um, all right. Oh, yeah. And we said we were going to move on. After after this discussion, we were going to move on to Daredevil. The yeah. better Batman. The, the better Batman. So you have seen some of it now. I've been, I'm about halfway through. Um, and it was really hard not to just watch that. But I had two shows. I had that and Madoka Magica. We'll get to that in updates. Um, that I was like, which one do I want to watch more? <laughs> I actually, I think I've, I like second season Daredevil way better than you do. And again, maybe that's it's very possible. It could be a familiarity thing, which yeah. we said last week. And I really like ninjas. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah, I, I've been so enjoying it. The one I do have problems with the Electra character coming back into uh, Matt's life. Um, not not it happening. Sorry, but him sort of abandoning all these things he's worked for. We'll talk about that again later when you're done. Okay. I um, feel like, and I've had this discussion with a couple other people, that Murdoch does not come off well by the end of this season. Right. He's kind of a whiny dick. <laughs> um, and I, what I really love, though, that, that they've done with this is the tension between um, Murdoch and it's it's gone. Like you're you're already shaking your head. Like you know, like I just, 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 just as I don't it. know it. So just say what you're gonna say, and then tell me the name I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got blonde hair. He's his friend, best friend. Oh, foggy. Foggy. There we go. Um, <laughs> you the, didn't lead with the blonde hair. Like you didn't lead. I don't know. Lead with the partner. Lead with oh, the God, relationship. Well, Sorry. So the the tension between Murdoch and Foggy is fantastic. Um, foggy is just. I'm at the part where Froggy's just sort of done with his shit. Mm. Um, And uh, the way, again, that they've tied in um, the Punisher and all of that with their stories, I I really like that. And unlike you, I do like that they've separated. Like, the Punisher was a great story, or is a great story. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know anything about the Punisher, so I don't know how they changed his origin story or the character itself same thing but it was in the comics it was just like um in the comics he was a nom vet um 
and he just he'd come home and he was like out for a picnic with his family and there was a gangland shoot up. Um, oh, so, so very those similar. beats are the same, but what the gang shoot up was in the comics, it was just like, oh, mafia is going to be mafia. In the show, it definitely has larger threads connected to the DA and the various criminal organizations in New York and that type of thing. Like, Okay. Well, and you get sort of a sense of that, right? Um, But I like that they sort of go off on this Electra story um, because it, it, it creates another type of divide, which is the divide of the viewer. So you're getting pulled between these two stories, the way sort of Murdoch is being pulled between these two lives or um, these two parts of himself. So I really like that they did that. I actually think that was very clever. Um, and the, the I don't know the actress's name, the actress who plays Electra. I really like her. Oh, yeah, I remember her name. No, I, I did think she was good. Um, and I really can't wait. I, like, like you said, it really steps up its game, especially after the first couple episodes. Like, it really starts to pick up. Um, I really love these long battles, like the staircase battle. Mm. Uh, I thought it was fantastic the battle when he has the chain i thought that was great um as we know i love blood and guts and gore and it's delivered so far you get it (laughs) you definitely get it you get Um, shot in the face and his face disappears (laughs) so i i really love all of that um so i really really enjoyed it cool yeah so Um, like i said i really really liked it i did not like it more than madoka magica (laughs) I'm really looking forward to updates today. I feel like we're this is going to be a good chat there. Yeah. So I think I th- what else do we have to talk about? Um, not to keep it from things getting too Batman centric. Um, although give the people what they want. Um, saw this morning there has been a there was like a featurette released on they're animating the Killing Joke. Yes, finally, I, about this. I guess. Well, finally, or uh... I'm I'm conflicted. <laughs> um. Killing Joke is my favorite Batman story from time. Like, okay, more than like anything else. It was like Batman and the Joker are like my favorite hero villain pairing ever. And the Killing Joke for not just superheroes, like anything, any ever. medium, when they are done well, nothing is touching them. And the Killing Joke played a very big part of that. Now, again, I was like thirteen when I read it. Like, oh dear. <laughs> so it was very formative in that regard. I haven't read it recently. I suspect it would hold up about 70% of what I remember. But my problem is, I'm watching this feature, and it's the usual suspects. It's like, you know, Bruce Timm's in there, Mike Carlin, who's written who's written and worked at DC for years. It's just a bunch of dudes talking about the story where Batgirl gets shot in the spine and sexually assaulted. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, could maybe not have not a lady stacking papers around there somewhere that maybe you could have brought in to talk on camera for a minute like and this goes back to like that variant cover thing that like was one of the reasons why we were like we should have a podcast when like that cover variant cover for batgirl or the all new all different yeah frolicking fancy free batgirl Uh it's like let's do a variant cover oh it's the joker groping her and pointing a gun at her head um yeah oops yeah just i mean i don't have any problem with what happens in the story um, I'm sure other people do. And to their credit, they do say that in this, as they expand this, what was really only like a 70 page comic book into like a two hour animated movie, they do more with Batgirl. They give her more of a story in the killing joke. She's basically just like hanging out with her pops and the Joker shows up and shoots her. It's the only role she has is to get shot and be well, a prop. Well, 
we'll we'll see. <laughs> we will. We will see because there's there's I mean when they say oh it'll have more though this character will have more to do it just may be they may be on camera suffering more. Like no no they showed clips of like her fighting people and running over rooftops in costume and things like that. So well, that's pretty good. Okay, because I I get nervous when they say that. Um, <laughs> they, she she has more to do and more things to have done to her. Yeah exactly. I just it's I I I've there's a couple. I'm like we've said several times. I'm not a big comic book reader. Um, I haven't done like the buy issue thing. I haven't done the digging for comics. I haven't done the old comics from the 80s and the 90s. Mm. There's only a couple that I've based like Spawn is one of the only ones I've read from its first launch to sort of later on. Um, the Max is another one, but. I read certain comic books arcs, and this is one of them. It was quite a while ago, um, and I remembered, you know, liking it. Um, I just, and I talk about this a lot. Really wish they would just write new shit <laughs> and stop relaunching things. Or, um, I mean, I guess it's kind of interesting that they're animating it, but not really. I guess, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like. What did did you need to? So they've done Dark Knight, they've done Year One, they've basically have gone through the classic '80s Batman bullet points and turned yeah. them all into animated features. It's like these are not hard books to get; they're all collected in trades. You can go out and read them. It would take you two hours to read them. And I think the Killing Joke, personally, I think it, it would work better as a graphic novel. Now I haven't seen the cartoon, so and no one has yet, and so we'll see. But in comic form i think it's better i, I think it i will would be agree better. especially i mean brian bolland i always said boland but in this feature they were calling him bolland the guy who did the art on killing joke was like i read that book and went like holy shit he is my favorite comic artist from this day forward and mm -hmm. has consistently maintained that he doesn't do a lot of interiors he mostly does covers right even his covers I, i've it's the lamest thing in the world when you're buying comics you don't like that much just because he someone does you like does the covers, but I have done that. Also, sorry, quick inter interjection here. Mm -hmm. First realizing that that was a thing is really terrible when you're a comic book buyer. <laughs> buying, because, buying for the cover? Or you, you would see a cover and you'd be like, this looks amazing. And then you you look in it and you go like, what the hell is this shit? Like I, I've been very, this is, you're going to laugh at this, but basically the my the most severe example of this was a comic book adaptation i think it was of it might have been pride and prejudice or it might have been sense and sensibility some jane austen that they were one of those marvel ones that they do that I, are like straight to trade sort i of thing. think so i'm not positive but anyways and the cover art was amazing and then i flipped through it and i went Oh no! Nope. Nope. Not do. Can't. Do, can't. Can't do this. And it's happened a couple times. Couple times since. But anyways, back on track. No. Yeah. There was a book called Gotham Knights, which was like oh three oh five era DC. Um, it was basically a Batman book about the extended family. Um, and I'm a big like proponent of the Bat family at large. Like yeah. I'm, I'm here for Nightwing. I'm here for Batgirl. I'm here for those weird adjacents. All the Robins. All the Robins. And that's what this book mostly focused on. Uh, it was an okay book. It was fine. It was probably not worth the amount of money I put towards it during the course of my collecting. But Brian Boland did the covers. And I was like, yep. <laughs> Every time. And so this animated feature, it's kind of like, 
it's like if he did the breakdowns and then they just did like Batman the Animated Series style over it. Right. Um, it's not as detailed. They can't really if they were trying. I mean, Brian Boland's artwork is super detailed and quote unquote realistic. Uh, it would be like impossible to do on budget as an animated feature. Conroy and Hamill back again. Which is really exciting. That's is, that's exciting. It is. Apparent, and, you know, they, they make mention of the fact that every time Hamill has suggested that he's tired of playing the Joker, it's always like, but if they were going to do the killing joke, I would come back for that. Yeah. So yeah, that it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it, but I hope it does well. If you're too lazy to read a 70-page comic story, I mean, check it out when it comes out. So yes, uh, the Killing Joke animated movie. We don't know when it's coming out. They say it'll be later this year, direct-to-video, and will probably pop up on your streaming option of choice. And we will probably talk about it again, I'm guessing. We'll probably talk about it. Um, there's just there's so many of them. There's so many. And you, did you mention that um, the Justice League versus Teen Titans was getting good reviews? Yeah, that was one of the first things we talked about on the show. Um, it's out now, apparently. I haven't checked it out yet or seen if it's available on anything, but seem to be getting uh, a pretty strong positive reaction from people. Um, so that might be something else we have to check out. And one thing I did see was that people were saying it was very much a Damien-centered story. Yes. It was more of a Damien story than anything else. So if you're cool with Damien Wayne, um, I'm on the fence about Damien Wayne. Um, Definitely watch. Remember I was t- talking to you about how there was a... Yes, Son of Batman. Yes, Son of I Batman. Saw, before, I saw which... on the Netflixes. You may, you may want to watch that first. Okay, take note, people. If you're going to watch Justice League v. Teen Titans, you should watch Son of Batman first. Oh, and um, also, this is for Jordan and anyone else who doesn't like ninjas. There, there are ninjas. Oh, right, there were the, like the man-bat ninjas in that, weren't there? Ninjas. It's from the... Uh, yeah. God. Ninjas. Ninjas. Ninja star. Ninja star. I'm going to go pinch the bridge of my nose for a few moments and uh when we come back we will (laughs) move on to the portion of the show you are all here for which is the time where we talk about the thing that we brought each other yep all right see you guys soon brb Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning back in. Um, that spot that you just heard with, well, not spot, it should be a spot, but actually it's just some music. Um, that would be where commercials go. We still don't have any. Oh, we did mention that we will take like commercials for like, we'll, we'll give you free advertising. I mean, we only have tens of listeners, but tens, still. And tens of episodes. Listen, we are established now. Are we? Geek Down Podcast, EST period one, one slash 13 slash 2016. I mean, 2016, I said 2016. We are ouchia, Caitlin McKinnon. We are what? Ouchia. What's ouchia? <laughs> <laughs> it's like out here, but when you put like the draw on it, we ouchia. Uh, sure. Say it again. Ouchia? <laughs> okay, you know what? <laughs> I may be up on the slang, but sometimes I read things and, you know, don't try and say them out loud. The point is, we're getting so good at this. Well, we're getting pretty good at this. We're getting pretty good at this. You deserve a caliber of advertisement befitting your product. 
We can bring it to you. We can. I have a great voice. Or Geek, so I hear. Geekdownpod at gmail.com. Get at us. Seriously, though. How can we help you? Yeah. Let us help you. I can I, I can basically afford to buy my own cheese, so you don't even have to worry about she paying us. She rolled in here with some... We are recording early today, and we are banking an episode, which we will explain why at the end of the show, it's the best reason ever why we have to do this. So she brought lunch products. I did. Slap that brick of cheese on the kitchen counter like it was nothing. <laughs> straight brick it. <laughs> no, Boom, I d- down. I, I did go to no frills. So, you know, it was... But you brought... That's like, listen, quick aside for cheese talk. Cheese was on sale at the no frills. It was. Week. I was really excited. But it was like some weird like off brand and like a much smaller brick than what you stacked on my uh, on my kitchen counter. Oh, today. no, no. That was on sale. That was on sale too? Yeah. I can't afford to buy not on sale cheese. <laughs> Now, let's get settled down. Like, I can afford cheese, but not, not on sale cheese. That's all we want, potential advertisers. Just want to be able to buy cheese when it's not on sale. Or, or you know, just to actually give you free advertising. You know what? You know what? We're getting rusty. You know what? What? Hit them with the shiny soap song. I Shiny soap. Shiny Come on soap. Now. That's pretty. It's a pretty good song. <laughs> You didn't have a closer for that? No, well, you di- You started talking and I got nervous. I was hyping you. Oh, I can do it again. Do it again. All right. Shiny soap, shiny yeah. soap. Shiny soap. They make your dishes really clean. So clean. Listen to that. Come on now, people. I can't believe you let me do the shiny soap song. Well, I'm desperate. Like, the perfume show is coming. I need money. <laughs> All right. Anyways, now we actually will move on to discussing the things we brought each other. Jordan... It is my... Oh, oh, we have rules. I remember this time before I launched right into it. Good for you, Caitlin. What's rule number one? Rule number one is the rule of three. The rule of three. Whatever it is, if it runs on installments, if it is a series of any sort, comic series, miniseries, television series, audio series, you have to consume three of said installments to give it a chance to establish itself and get a better picture of whether or not you will like it or not. Um, and you can, of course, go beyond that, but you have to at least watch three episodes. Minimum. Rule number two. Yeah. Rule number two is <sighs> no tipping of the hand. <laughs> yeah. I really thought it was going to fall apart on yeah, that one. No, no. I got it. I finally got it. Nope, the last second. No tipping of the hand, regardless of how strongly or not strongly Caitlin and I felt about the thing we were asked to consume. We will not speak about it until we are seated in front of these microphones. Which is extremely hard to do because our friendship is basically based on yelling at each other about different things. It's amazing we, we have watched. any relationship left once we chose to take this away from us. Yeah, it's amazing. But we do it for you guys. <laughs> uh, and the third rule is uh, basically it's a spoiler, a general spoiler warning. Yes, there. if it's relevant to the conversation, there will be spoilers. I think we're pretty easy this week. I don't think there's a lot that can be spoiled about the things we were talking about. No. However, if you were here last week, uh, as Caitlin mentioned at the top, she has watched a lot more Madoka Magica. So we'll probably get way into that by the end of the show. But we will remind you of that when we get closer to it. But for the moment, for the things we have this week, um, I don't think we're going to get into anything too deep on the spoiler side of things. But if you have a zero tolerance policy and you don't want to know even like what a character is named, then thanks for hanging. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, this would be a good time, of course, to make yourself some tea. Tea. Um, or you could buy discount cheese at No Frills. But like, look it over first if it's discounted. I'm sure I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's fine. But you can make yourself a cheese sandwich with it. And, you know, have a good afternoon. We'll see you later.
Stay indoors, though. It's blustery out. Well, no, it's blustery today. Yes. It's not going to be blustery on Tuesday. Forever blustery. Oh, it might be blustery on Tuesday. It's my My Little Pony name. For I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? Forever blustery. Why don't I get a My Little Pony name? I don't know. Let's see if there's a generator right now. Oh, my God. We're doing this live on air? Well, not live, <laughs> you know, recording this. Oh, this is definitely tag material. <laughs> this, is not, this is not hitting the show. I want a My Little... Okay, you're forever blustery. I definitely want a My Little Pony name if you get one. My Little Pony name. I'm so excited about this. Name generator. There has to be such a thing. Yep. Oh, amazing. Why is there? Would you like to be generated from your own name or just get a random one? No, I want to be generated from my own name. Okay. That's how it works. I'm so excited about getting a My Little Pony name. Scarlet Ember. Scarlet Ember. Yes. Ooh. You are a unicorn born in Canterlot. You are the most easily bored pony this side of Cloudsdale. Your best friend is a cheetah named Zapper. Oh my God. That's, that's amazing. A, that is a way better life than the one you have right now. I know. <laughs> I want a, fr- a friend for, or, for a cheetah for a friend named Zapper. Named Zapper. <laughs> what was it again? Scarlet Ember. Scarlet Ember. I'm writing that down. <laughs> oh, man much better life i thought you already had one well now i want to be sunshine bubbles <laughs> oh oh yes that is my new nickname for you uh, sunshine bubbles apparently we are neighbors in cloudsdale you are a unicorn i'm a pegasus oh i'm the most inventive pony this side of the macintosh hills and my best friend is a dog named pansy <laughs> just can't <laughs> Sunshine bubbles. Sunshine bubbles. It doesn't even make any sense. Nope. <laughs> At least mine made sense. Yours kind of made sense. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is just two two fucking words they threw they mashed together. Oh, that's great. Sunshine bubbles. I'm calling you that forever now. Great. Yep. All right. So back to what we're supposed to be doing. So starting things off, we'd like to alternate. We will start with the thing that Caitlin brought me. Yes, that's right. So, points for originality from you this week. Oh, thank you. Um, so this, this was unexpected. It's actually one of my one of my favorite things. This specifically, or this, the thing in general. This specifically, mm. and um, the reason why we're talking specifics versus general, it's because it is Neverwhere, which is a novel that was originally written by Neil Gaiman. Yes, whom um, Jordan and I both really love. Uh, he writes lots of fantasy. You've probably heard his name, even if you're not big into fan- fantasy and science, fi- science fiction. Um, Started off in comics, wrote uh, Miracle Man and obviously The Sandman, which was the thing that put him on the map, and then moved on to novels. And Neverwhere was actually the first novel he wrote solo. He co-wrote with Terry Pratchett a novel called Good Omens, and then Neverwhere was his first solo novel. Which is, I think think i don't know it's a toss-up between this and american gods but i think this is my favorite for favorite uh, my favorite novel written by um by him but the reason we're talking about general versus specific is because um neverwhere has actually it's not just a novel it's also a terrible 90s bbc miniseries which was the first thing apparently yes apparently it started as that and then gaiman was like i want to do this the way i want it exactly made it a novel and that's that's actually really common. Um, something like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that also has had lots of... Uh, it's also been a radio play. It's also been a miniseries and, of course, a movie and a novel. All of that. Um, Never Wear Get for the third thing, it has also been turned into a radio play. 
which is what we are discussing specifically. Yes. So we are, I gave, because I knew Jordan liked um, uh, Gaiman, but I didn't know if Jordan liked radio plays. I thought, why not give this a chance? Uh, a chance. Now, this is actually a pretty recent radio play. It was it aired from uh, March sixteenth of twenty thirteen to March twenty second of twenty thirteen, and um, it was written by Neil Gaiman and Dirk Maggs, who is also a producer. Um, and it was it was dramatized by dirt mags which is a a huge part of radio plays because of course everything is basically done by people talking and having conversations yes and it also is starring like a huge uh well-known cast cast is fucking ridiculous yeah so it was a huge all-star cast that they had cast was ridiculous yeah um so it's starring james mcavoy uh natalie dormer who is one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. Yes, McAvoy, uh, young Charles Xavier from the X-Men movies. If Yeah, if you don't know that name. Natalie um, Dormer is Marjorie Tyrell on Game of Thrones. Yep. Anthony Head, who uh, played Giles in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, is that who that was? That That's who that is. Um, Sir Christopher Lee, who is... Sor Saruman. Yeah. And Count Dooku and a number of other things. Yeah. Um... Also, uh, the, another big name is British name Hard to Say, also known as Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. Who play, is playing, of course, Doctor Strange, and he's played Sherlock, and a million other things. He is in everything. <laughs> he just doesn't sleep, I think. He just works all the time. Um, and as far as the story goes, it is the story about uh, a man named Richard Mayhew of Glasgow, Scotland, who moves to London and by helping a young woman named Dor, inadvertently discovers a secret London and gets swept up in a great adventure to save the universe. Yeah. Is that a pretty good description? I'd say so. Excellent, because I usually suck at those. <laughs> I'm always like, ah, they'll be fine. They can figure it out for themselves. And you're always like, do you want to maybe tell them a little bit about it? Google is free as air, people. Yeah. Go, go to the Wikipedia page. That's what I always tell people. Um, So that is the base of the... Of what it is, and that's what the base of the story is. How did you like it? I uh, loved it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a surprise. <laughs> Why I, is I it mean, a surprise? I didn't think you would hate it, but it's such a different medium. I mean, you're you do really love music, and you love radio, and you know a lot. I think about um, radio and sort of shows and podcasts. So I thought it might, and I know you listen a lot while you're doing other things. Yes. Um, which is something interesting about this experience that I kind of want to talk about. So, I mean, it's almost like you can throw the content of the story, like, away. Like, I read the book when I was, like, 17. Like, loved the book. Um, Didn't really remember a lot of the plot at this point. Remember, like, the broadest strokes. Right. Dude finds door, underground, things of that sort. (laughs) (laughs) So, basically Um, nothing. (laughs) Basically nothing. Um, And the... We'll say this, as always, soup's British. Oh, yeah. So British. I had forgotten a lot of the, like, so the gimmick with London Below is that's basically taking all of these, like, historic names of things in London and making them literal. And and also, uh, another big thing is a lot of London Below is based on actual abandoned train Mm. stations, like subway stations. Um, So a lot of the places and place names are actual places you can go to that are no longer in use. So there are a lot of like puns throughout 
the story, like when they have to go to see an Earl, who's played by Christopher Lee, they go to Earl's Court, which I'm assuming is a subway station yes, in London. Or what they say is a, is a tube station a tube or a station. metro station. <laughs> I don't know these things, so a lot. So that sort of subtext kind of goes whoop right over my head. I'm more interested here in like the experience of the radio play, because this is not a thing that gets done in North America. At all. Really at all anymore. Happens a lot, I gather, still in the UK. Oh, yeah, tons. And happens in Japan a lot, too. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Oh, yeah, a lot of uh, either they are packaged on like a soundtrack CD or something, or they are done, they do little specials um, to try and keep interest going between like anime seasons a lot. They'll right. do this where they'll have like you know a radio special where they just get all the voice actors in a room and tell like a radio drama. So this was my first experience with one of these. And like you said, I do listen to podcasts a lot. Um, oh, and sorry to interject, mm. but another thing that it brought, not the radio plays brought this to mind. Um, the fact that you, of course, listen to a lot of rap and uh, you, you sort of um, love a lot of that culture. And they happen to do a lot of skits on rap albums. Yes. Um, and it's some, it's still really, really big. And I know you enjoy those. And I was like, well, he might enjoy like <laughs> that kind of thing, but a story. It involved the thing with podcasts, though, and I was actually, you know, um, reminded of this only because of t- because of time and because of the thing I'm going to talk about. I only got to three episodes or installments. There were six in total. I thought there was four, but it was could there? be it could be six. I thought there were six. Um, I got the first three. Should be said. Um, you can get you can download it on iTunes. You can buy it and download it on iTunes um, or Audible. I think was what Caitlin had suggested to me. Uh, it was just like for audiobooks. As well, you can like buy a hard copy on Amazon. I think you can still get like a CD copy of it. So I was tidying up this morning before Caitlin came over and had, I'm like really behind on my podcast and I listen to podcasts a lot. Like I work nights kind of independently. So I listen to a lot of podcasts at work. I listen to them on my commute and I had them, I'd fallen behind. So I had some podcasts playing in the background while I was tidying up or whatever. Podcasts allow a certain sort of distracted listening. Right. Like you can dip in and out of things. Um, if you focus on something else, you can just kind of then refocus your listening and be like, okay, yeah, we're talking about this and then dip off again. You could not do that with these. Right. This does not allow a distracted listening. And I don't listen to audiobooks really much either because this is a play. This is straight dialogue. So you don't get exposition. No, you get just conversations and people talking. So I thought this would be perfect when you gave it to me. I was like, I'll just listen to it while I'm at work. <laughs> and I would have to consistently rewind stuff where I like forgot who somebody was or why we were talking about this. Or like there's a moment in like episode where they talk to the Earl where like the Earl and the Marquis don't like each other. And I like missed at least seven times. Oh, no. Why they said why there, <laughs> there was beef there. Right. Um, and I actually had to like stop, rewind it and stop what I was doing and like actively listen to it. Which is not necessarily a strike. It's a good thing. It encourages, like, you know... Your listening focus, skills. Focused concentration. Um, which, in a world of multitasking, is not <laughs> something that is actively encouraged that much anymore. So I just thought that was that aspect of it was really unexpected and interesting. That, like, oh, I can't just leave this on in the background and then go do what I'm going to do. Because some, somebody might mention something off the cuff that's important. And I will, like totally just go over my head and basically this morning when I had to finish up I basically put it on ate my cereal and just like listened to it right. like and didn't do anything else uh, and I thought that was really interesting and unexpected soups British like I said 
<laughs> Krupp and Vandermar. Oh, so good. Maybe maybe to you. Oh. <laughs> there's, there's a moment where what the what the hell did he say? One of them mentioned something about uh, you know, things that are expected of them. It's like we do this, we do this, and we specialize in circumlocution. So what's that, Mister Croup? <laughs> it's his way of speaking, Mister Vandemar. It's speaking around things and never getting to the point. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Shut up and talk normal. Um, oh, see, I love stuff like that, as we know. And that, yeah, and that's again, that's that whole British comedy thing that irks me as much as it delights you. Uh, I don't. <laughs> part of this podcast is to figure out why that is, and we still don't have an answer. Uh, only got through three. We'll definitely finish checking it out. Fantastic. Um, because the cast alone, like you said, is is ridiculous. Like, And I guess that's just the culture of the British entertainment industry. You know, I've heard over the years that the British, especially like television industry and radio industry, is super tiny. And you end up with people who you would... This is how you get Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman doing, like, a TV show. Well, also, you, people have to remember things are done before people become super famous, right? Yeah, but not, not, none of the people on here were super famous when they did it. But there's a lot of pe- people will come back and do things, mm-hmm. uh, which you don't get in in the United States. or in, I mean, Canada is very, very different than the United States. But specifically in the United States, you don't get people who become very famous going back to do fun television shows or the big thing in Britain is panel shows, which yeah. is basically made up of celebrities and comedians, and they're fantastic, and that's part of the reason why. But they like people who are very famous will come back and do them because they're a lot of fun, um, and they'll come back and do you know a BBC mini miniseries um, because they're really well written and they get to work with wonderful people, and there's a much closer knit community, um, like you said. And also because the seasons are shorter and it's a smaller industry, this is why you see people pop up on different things all the time. This yeah. is why, like, the dad from Broadchurch ends up as the brother in The Honorable Woman. Like, you see yeah. you see these people pop up all the time. And I think that's probably part of it as well. It's why you still see, like, Tom Hiddleston showing up in, like, a random BBC miniseries every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's produced really well. It's what you expect. If you've never listened to a radio play before, it's what you would expect. There are, like sound effects i don't think we're at the point where somebody is like shaking stones in a bucket <laughs> off to the side <laughs> off to the side of the yeah. room anymore i think it's all done in post but i mean you know it's sound effects it's dialogue it's it's you know the sound of somebody walking and having a conversation and it's everything i remembered about the book you know it, it's funny you hear gaiman's voice pop up as a couple bit characters yep. that was amusing um mcavoy's really good there's one bit where it's there was like some shoehorned i felt it was kind of shoehorned like he was talking into he was like narrating a diary that didn't exist and it was like oh well this is this is how we get around recapping for people who missed (laughs) missed the first episode uh first episode was like an hour the other two were like half an hour a pop um so they're super short as well and yeah also i don't i don't listen to audiobooks really either so i don't know if that would involve if this is more involved than listening to an audiobook i've never listened to an audiobook ever but i have listened to several radio plays Mm. and i did pick this one specifically to ease you in (laughs) in case in a little while i'd like to give you another one and how how do you listen to them normally um like you said, I actually, I had a really hard time listening to them at work. Uh, that's where I started. Mm-hmm. I um, would be doing something on the computer and listening to something and have to go back because I'd missed like a chapter because <laughs> uh, I was trying to focus on what I was actually doing for work mm-hmm. instead of listening. Um, but now I usually do it when, um, if I'm, 
you know, drawing something or, you know, I have got those adult coloring books. <laughs> yes. Of which oh, you're like, of course she of does. Course, of course she does. Um, so it, you do have to, very much like reading a book, you do have to make some time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it helps uh, when I want to say do something. I don't actually knit, but something like knit- knitting mm. or something creative and I want to listen to something or enjoy something, then I would do it. But yes, it's very difficult to actually do work while listening to them. Yeah. If you think this is something you would like to devote your time to, you really have to devote your time to or, it. Or you know what? Um, I actually, I also would listen to it um, on my commute because it was so packed, I couldn't open my book. <laughs> so I started listening to radio plays. So I had something that would, you know, distract me and, and I'd be interested in, but without having to try and open like my arms. Yeah, it would, def- would definitely be good. Be good for a commute. You have nothing to do but kind of look out the window and you can listen to this more more intensely. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it was, it was great. The cast is dope. Christopher Lee was awesome. As Christopher Lee always was. His, his voice is just like, I'm not down with that whole like, what is it, ASMR thing where people like whisper into microphones and people get their jollies from that. Do you not know this? This is a thing. What? I don't know what it's... How do you always know this I stuff? I don't know what it stands for. It's called ASMR and, and it's a thing where like... It's a sensory thing with like hearing, mm-hmm. but there are like videos of like people who whisper onto microphones like this. Really? So, like I, I get icky just doing it. Like it makes <laughs> me, I have like the exact opposite reaction, but for people who like are into it, that's yeah. like, I don't know if it's just like erotic stimulation or just stimulation in general, but it's like, it's just like, you know, ooh, it gives them the, ooh, like they just kind of dig it. Uh, I'm not down with that at all. It's not really a thing for me, but when uh, Christopher Lee's, you know, deep british baritone starts <laughs> booms in and starts rolling his r's i was like yeah I, I can see the i can see the appeal there and yeah it's a great story if you don't if you're not a big reader per se um there are some of you out there that's fine that's cool it's a great way to definitely get a sense of what makes especially neil gaiman's writing so so dope also fyi there are a couple of radio plays that we might talk about later that you should also check out but that'll be later episodes. <laughs> you're going to hold on to that I'm going to hold now? on to that. But there, there's definitely some really great stuff out there. If you, if you do listen and you do enjoy it, there's tons out there. Um, also, a big thing, Doctor Who radio plays. <laughs> Lucky Jordan. <laughs> hey, may, you know what? That might be a thing. But, well, maybe that because will be the thing. Because if we know part of my thing with, with <laughs> Doctor Who is the shoddy visuals that I can't get over. That might, who knows? Maybe that, maybe that's my end to the Doctor, to Doctor Who, Who mm-hmm. which again is the whole catalyst for the reason this show exists. All right. And so um, move on to kick punches. Kick punches. I'm always stingy because I'm always like, you know, nothing can ever rate that high, blah, blah, blah. But I'm almost tempted to give it a nine. Like it was. Really? It was just a fun experience. Like I just had a good time with it. Like. Wow. Go Caitlin. Um, <laughs> Caitlin did good on this one. The cast definitely helped. The fact that it was something else I was familiar with definitely helped. I mean, you know, you set yourself up for a win from from the jump. It was just you took a risk with the format. And, yeah. But I really, that it was very unexpected. And like I said, the experience of what was required of me to really take it in was 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 new. And there's not many things... You know, in a world where everything is at your fingertips these days, there are not many ways to be surprised by how you consume your stories. And this was a new experience, and I appreciated that. So, yeah, I have no problem giving it a nine. That's awesome. All right. Well, I'm very excited about that. Cool. Excellent. 
Don't know how I'm going to make out, but I knew going in. And there was a the thing with mine this week, we have had criticism that people don't want to hear about anime anymore. And we may, I may take that criticism to heart, at least give you a little break from it. But before I did, I knew there was one I wanted to have Caitlin take a look at. I gave her an option of two because anime is a medium, not a genre. There are a million, there's an anime about everything. And we know that Caitlin loves fantasy. I do. I love, I live and breathe fantasy. So I gave Caitlin an option. I said, I've got two anime. They are both kind of dated. One is a very traditional, serious, somber sort of anime. The other one is a more satirical, madcap take on the genre. I gave her the option to choose which one she wanted. She chose the former, to my surprise. So that is why this week we are going to find out what Caitlin McKinnon thought of the 13-episode anime adaptation, Record of Lodos War. Yeah. So do you want to tell them more about it? Sure. And I will tell you about this as well, because this may blow your mind. Okay. I'm ready for my mind to be blown. So some a lot of these details come from an article by Lewis Packwood, which appeared on Kotaku earlier this year. Things I did not really know. So Record of Lodos War began as a D&D campaign. Oh, I just have to, I have to interject here with the first note I wrote is D&D. There's a reason for that. <laughs> So D&D came to Japan in the mid-80s, 1985, I think. Mm -hmm. 1985-86 is when they got their first translation of the rule books and all the guides to D&D and how to play the games. And it really became popular. And one group in specific, a group called Group SNE, which stood for Syntax Error, uh, started their own campaign. They had a dungeon master named Ryo Mizuno who built this campaign around very traditional sort of Dungeons and Dragons things. So you had one guy who was a fighter, you had an elf, you had a cleric. A lot of things that are very basic Dungeons and Dragons sort of things. And this party and the characters involved went on a number of campaigns that got serialized and sort of recapped in a computer magazine in Japan. That's cool. So people were reading... The, I don't know what they called them, replays or basically recaps about like, here's what happened on this D&D campaign, which is kind of insane. Yeah. Um, and like thousands of people were reading these and it became so popular. Ryo Mizuno started writing novels. I didn't know D&D was that big in Japan. And neither did I <laughs> until I read Lewis Packwood's article about this. Um, because my only exposure to Record of Lotus War, back in the heady days when like you couldn't really get anime anywhere. Mm hmm. Uh, my first sort of exposure to the larger world of it and collectors and traders and that sort of thing was the message board for e-commerce behemoth, The Right Stuff International, which just sells anime and that type of thing. Okay. Um, and they had a message board and I was on the message board and I met people on there. And as people were buying DVDs of their favorite shows, they had all this VHS that they didn't want anymore. And somehow people liked me enough to start shooting me the VHS that they didn't want to keep. This That's is how I cool. built my initial anime collection. Um, and I, one of the things I got was the box set of the Record of Lotus War anime, which came out initially in 1990 was when that came out. Okay. Yeah, that, that, yep. So it's early. Is it early though? <laughs> it's, it's not early anime. 
but definitely maybe the oldest thing I've had you watch thus far. Okay. Um, so it's an OVA, 13 episodes. It was direct to video, had a bit of a higher budget, so it looks pretty good for the time. Is the story even worth talking about? I don't know. There's... Um, I mean, I can launch right into it and sort of talk about the story. Sure. As I talk about it. Um, so the first thing I, I wrote was D and D. I and I I watched it and I went, "This is I've been on this D and D campaign." Like, <laughs> like so much of it was. I was like, "That is a dwarf fighter. That is an like an elf sorceress. That guy's a wizard." Like. Almost immediately. Well, pause you right there, because maybe as a player, you can explain this to me. Yes. Just how it works. How do we get to this proprietary thing built off of... So they start playing this game. Yeah. And all they have is just like types, and then they add character details to it as they go along. Like, So how it works is you... you how do you get Deedlet, like okay, the so elf girl? You start... You really, I think you start out as races, mm. um, but you can, you can start out with what type of thing you want to play and then work back work the other way so you have a race and you have a class uh, a race is obviously whether you're a dwarf an elf uh dragonborn like there's just a whole bunch of them now it started out being like human dwarf elf i'm trying to think if there was anything from the get-go but those were basically the main ones mm-hmm. and then you have your class, which is basically, I like to put it, your job, mm, which is, yeah. you know, that's uh, like a cleric, a fighter. Yes. And from there, you work on your backstory. This um, is given to you by the DM or you just no, kind of come up with it on your I own? I mean, you, there's actually, I've played games where basically we start the game. It's, it's I mentioned uh, one shots before. Mm. That's when you get together one time, maybe for someone's birthday or something. And you just, the DM has everything. You can pick a character that he's already set up with the backstory or. Similar to, I guess, the best example for uh, any of the comedy nerds out there. Uh, when Community does its yes. D&D episodes and Abed just hands out full character sheets for everyone. Exactly. That sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. And it, like it said, everything has a, there's sort of an ability for all these different things. So as a, you have a racial ability, mm. you've got um, a class abilities, you have different scores, you roll a lot to set up your character. But if you have a character ready to go, that's all there for you. And you focus more on the story and how you use your character in that story. So as far as the campaign itself, like you said, you recognize things. You're like, I've been on this D&D campaign. Well, Do they get the, like, I just assumed like the world was kind of pre-built for you, like D&D it totally... My exposure, you know, I work for a major Canadian retailer. A lot of my exposure comes from things like the books. So I thought like, you know, I shelve Drizzt books regularly. I just assume like, you know, the world was pre-existing and you took your character and put them into this pre-existing world. Is it more open than that? Like when these guys started building Lodos and like the regencies of the kingdoms of, you know, the world, like this was... The DM like mapped out all this stuff himself, and then um, probably. I mean, there. I mean, when when D first started, they totally made the whole world. Mm. They basically had all the the gods, all the kingdoms, all of that. You just put your person in it, and then interacted with those things as it came. Yes, most of the D and D campaigns I've been in are people have made these whole worlds on their own. So, like Game of Thrones. People are like, oh, wow, that world's so epic. No, I've been in D&D campaigns where the worlds are even bigger than that. And basically, the game itself is more of a rule system for how you play Interact it. Interact with those. Now, there are 
elements like as soon as uh, I think it was episode three I saw kobolds and I was like hey those are kobolds so there's like kobolds in every basically setting um, they have all these monsters you can pick and choose from mm. you can change the origin of the monsters and all of that but the numbers the statistics those all stay the same so Lotus War was adapted into these novels yeah. by the DM and exploded in Japan until according to this article on Kotaku until Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings hit, yeah, it was the high fantasy franchise, right, in Japan. And I mean that there's sort of like a timeline of fantasy. Um, you've got basically Lord of the Rings is, I mean, not the very beginning, but basically, basically yeah. it was. Um, there had been elves and things before. There had been, you know, halflings and things before, dwarves, but not in that way. As far as the whole Tolkien-esque quest narrative. That is basically where we'll begin. Yes. Um, I'm a nobody, but somebody recognizes something in me and I go on this quest to save the world. Exactly. Sort of and then you've got, after that, of course, you've got more novels like that. You've got comic books that start sort of take that narrative and do fantastical things. And then, of course, you get D&D, um, which obviously Gary Gygax was a lover of Tolkien. Mm -hmm. um, and he... he Kind of, I guess, went, how do we play a game involving this? What kind of rules do we use? Um, what are the classic type of characters? Like, for instance, a elf wizard, classic character. Dwarf fighter, classic character. Now, as we get, you know, things have changed a lot. You'll see a lot of, like, a half-orc barbarian, classic character. That wasn't from the get-go, but things sort of have evolved and changed. Um and a lot of people like to change it up these days. But I can see, I mean, I, I can see why they definitely were drawn to Lotus War mm -hmm. um, for their fantasy. It is so, like you said, actually, when we, we briefly met, talked about Lotus War, you had said, I think you're going to feel it's full of like tropes. But not tropes in a bad way. So I'll, I'll give a bit of the story. Uh, basically, I will say all these things. I'm sure for anyone familiar with fantasy, they'll just go, yeah, yeah of course there check was. Checkmark, checkmark, um, checkmark. There was a war eons ago between the forces of good and evil, and the world was split, and the continent of Lodos was broken off from the mainland. And uh, all those, it's been thousands of years since then. Um, and basically, for because reasons, our various travelers have met up and have been tasked to seek out information from a sage about a sorceress named Carla, who is stirring up Carla. Sorry, Carla. With a K. <laughs> she's evil. Because she's evil. Um, who's been out there stirring up muck and trying to uh, resurrect the forces of darkness in Lodos. Uh, exemplified by the reemergence of orc armies and all the things you come to expect when the forces of evil are being stirred up again. It's just it's just a quest. <laughs> they find learning about Carla, things change. There are a couple twists in that regard about who Carla actually is. Right. And as well, our main character is Parn. He's the fighter, son of a disgraced knight. He might be a paladin. 
I haven't. Judging by the armor, I would have thought it just seemed like very paladin-esque armor it in just, my experience. It, but. Pa- I, well, I'm sure no one cares, but paladins <laughs> have some magic that they use. They are associated with a with a god of their choice. And he, he hasn't shown any of that sort of paladin-y ability yet, but I'm like waiting for it. <laughs> um, he, yes, he seems paladin, paladin-esque. Because we already have a fighter. We have the dwarf fighter. Yes. Because usually you don't have two fighters in one party. But <laughs> anyways... Uh, so yes, our heroes make their way out into the world at large to try and save all of creation from the re-emerging forces of darkness. Hot takes Caitlin McKinnon. It's trope-filled as it was. Did it feel like a warm blanket that you love? Or well, I was really surprised. I wasn't expecting it to be D&D. But as the more I watched, like even, I, I can't even remember what, how, like if, I think I was in the single digits of the timer on the, on the episode, first episode. And I was like, Hey, D and D like, I was like, Oh my God. It's so funny that you caught that like immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I, there was just something about it. I think, well, the first episode, they actually put you right into, it was weird. It was, uh, they're going through a mountain as yeah. a shortcut, which is so Lord of the Rings. Of course. <laughs> I'm like, Lord of the Rings. Um, and they get, there's a thief. Sorry. That's the other there's a thief. That's the other. Yeah, character. there's always a rogue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just forgot about him. Until oh, this <laughs> you need you need the. Well, I'll go through the characters in a second if people people care, but or four if people care. But I I actually I really liked it. Oh, really? <laughs> I know we both are surprised this episode. It was I could tell it was old. I thought it might be late eighties, but apparently it's you know nineteen ninety. Um, so almost there. But the only thing that aged it was the music. Yeah, that theme song's kind of. But not even theme bunk. song. Like they use, they do. It's actually a pretty good soundtrack. But it, the music reminded me of the last unicorn. Have you ever seen it? No, but I. But yet, I still know exactly what you're even, talking. Even even that animation style, like it's it, it. If they had just, if there was some like rock music in the background, I would have been like, wow, this is super cool. But it's really synthy kind of amb- ambient yeah, ex- style. Yeah, exactly. Um, Trying to approximate flutes and whatnot. <laughs> exactly. So the really, yeah, the only thing that ages it is the soundtrack. The animation's great. Um, I'm Yeah, it holds up. Holds up really well. Yeah, and it's much better than the D&D cartoon western cartoon from the 1980s which i own it's that's a a terrible cartoon a friend got it for me as a joke one birthday um and it's even better than there are D &D movies that are the worst thing ever but we just watch them for a laugh Mm -hmm. but they are actually the worst thing ever and this is you know 20 times 30 times better than that um so i would definitely encourage anyone who's really into D D to to watch the the anime and it might in that regard it might uh it might benefit from the fact that it was based on something that was so established pre-existing like yeah. they had been playing for like five six years like to the point where like the people who played as these characters kind of became like mini celebrities like d mm. was originally played by a dude in in the original game <laughs> surprise um well there's actually there's a there are now a couple of people who do this oh yeah? they serialize their games that's so um, weird i didn't even know this was a thing oh yeah um both through podcasts well, i guess i guess that's harmontown's whole thing right harmontown uh, became a thing for that uh podcasts as well as um you may know penny arcade <laughs> Anyway. I, I'm this familiar. Yeah. Um. So Penny Arcade actually, uh, for I think it's every single time they have a um, a, P, a Penny Arcade event. So they have the expo. The expo. They they get together and play a ne- the next 
basically episode in mm. their game and they live they basically are on a stage and people watch them play so this is a thing that um i guess maybe the western world was a little slow to catch up on <laughs> Perhaps, but yeah. now a lot of people are doing it yeah it was it kind of was like a warm blanket i mean i played the first time i played D was in um high school um, early on in high school. Um, and I played lots of other role playing games since. And then now I've been I've played a couple different D D campaigns and I'm in one right now. And I'm like, we have this character <laughs> and we have th- this is the same with us and um and just being able to see things and, and know what they are, that kind of is nice. <laughs> it's you know, it's that um you get to recognize something and be like, "Hey, that's I'm part of that culture. That's a thing that I know about <laughs> and I can tell you all about it." Um that that was kind of nice. Yeah, I just my thing for me was it was an older show, like I said I had it on VHS way back when. And I feel like also I didn't initially I don't think I had all of it. I think I only had like a couple tapes. So pe- some some of those people were stingy in st- sending yeah. you the VHS. So we just send them a couple to feel them out and then we'll see if we give them the rest. <laughs> um, and I just remember the scene, I think it's in the second episode. The second episode is kind of like an origin flashback thing where you see how some of the characters met up initially or how they started their quest. And the dwarf, Gim, not to be confused with Gim Lee, Lee. from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I thought that too. Is tasked with finding... I don't know if she's a priestess or a queen or whatever her name. She's got to find somebody's daughter, basically. And he leaves, and then she, like, walks into this cave thing, and out of nowhere, like, a giant dragon, like, rests its head on her shoulder. And I was like, this is so dope. So, so actually, there is a chance you would like D&D. I never said there wasn't. I, you've strongly implied <laughs> that you, do, you never want to play D&D. I am a video RPGer. I have a long history in that, maybe not as long as others, but like, what up, Legend of the Dragoon on the PS1? Like, I, <laughs> I rolled that deep. Rose was my girl. Rose was best girl. Skyrim is in my Xbox right now. Like, I... I yeah, I, I love Skyrim. I don't have, you know, a total unfamiliarity with this, but as far as like a group of people sitting around and rolling dice, no, I don't have any experience with that. And it would probably have to be a very finely curated group of people that I did it with. Yeah, that's got to be real fun. I don't, There's not that many people you get along with. I don't, uh, I don't think you could just bring me to role-playing night and no. throw me in there and no. have that go well. But yeah, I just remember you know, that when that dragon showed up, I was like, this is so dope. And I watched it again recently, maybe about a couple months before we started the podcast, just because I was like, I remember what happened in Lotus War. It's when the Dark Elf shows up. I don't know if you got to her, but yeah, you yeah. got to Pyrrhites? Oh, no, I got to the male Dark Elf. Ah. He's got a companion, the uh, the big black knight guy, has like a girlfriend, Dark Elf, and her name is Pyrrhites, and she has a very unfortunate outfit, um, if, ah, you're, yes. if you're a lady, but if you're a dude, it's fantastic. So basically early fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like straps aren't enough for your boobs when they're shooting arrows. Yeah, and it just, you know, I probably didn't know it was as steeped in the classic tropes of D&D as you would have immediately. And that's probably one of the reasons why D&D was so successful with certain people is because, like, I didn't know any of that. But I watched the show and went, like, this is dope. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, so literally yesterday, I we as a group got to fight 
um, Medusas, which is so cool. And we've had to do lots of really cool stuff. We've, you know, I've fought necromancers before. And because a lot of these people are clever, fun people, there's a lot of laughing and a lot of like in jokes and all kinds of stuff. And that's a big part of playing D&D is not just getting to fight dragons and cool things and have cool powers, um, but also uh, getting to go on these awesome adventures with awesome people. And so watching it is kind of cool, too. Well, I'm I'm surprised. I thought this would have gotten an eye roll from you. Uh, very pleasantly surprised it didn't. What are we giving it kick punches? Um, 7.5. 7.5. I will take it. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. I want to watch a little bit more before I, I see how tropey it is. And um, there are a couple things that, you know, like I said, it wouldn't be an, um, aged if you changed the music. But, of course... They haven't changed the music. So it is very, like, it has a very 80s sound to it. Crazy is, dragon fights, y'all. Which, is, yeah, it isn't bad. The The animation is, is pretty good. It's not, you know, the kind of animation we get now, which is very refined and everything. There's a, It's a little bit rough sometimes. Mm. Um, but that's not bad either. Um, the writing is okay. It's not the best writing ever. Um, so, yeah, there are some so things. We, we always have to say sub or dub. Um, oh, I, uh, I watched the sub. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, so I think I told you I checked out the dub, and the dub was not surprising to my surprise, because being an older property, I thought it was uh, going to be a terrible dub. The dub was not bad from what I saw. Oh, that's good. Um, I, I can't, it's really, well, we'll talk about this in a bit, but I watched something recently that has both the sub and the dub on, um, and I kind of like it, but it gives me a very interesting Take. Oh, when you're reading the subtitles and listening to the yeah, dub? Yeah, yeah, it can be very different. And for this, I just, because it was older, I just went with the uh, uh, the subtitles. But I, sometimes when you ask me that question, I go, I don't remember. I just remember internalizing <laughs> the dialogue. And I think that's what they've said, but I'm not sure. So yeah, no, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I am definitely going to watch more of it, but not before Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and something else that won out over Daredevil even this week. Oh, yeah. We're, we're now... We have to talk about in updates. Yeah, we're now going to do updates. Uh, there's going to be mad spoilers for Madoka Magica starting now. So if you uh, ever plan on watching it... You need to leave. You need, you need to go <laughs> Just right go. now. Caitlin. Yeah. You finished Madoka Magica. I did. How'd that go? Uh, I am... It was so good. It was so good and I couldn't stop watching it and I had things to do and I was like, nope. Um, and it was horrifying also. Uh, so, so good and horrifying. Those are those are basically what it comes down to. So, when you found out that Homer has been straight groundhog daying it for <sighs> like at least two years. I just, I, I could, like... You don't because there's that split second where you're you don't know what's going on, right? Because here's this you've seen these scenes kind of before. Yeah, where it this, starts cold and she just wakes up and she's a totally different girl. And yeah, you have no idea and, what's happening. and you don't know what's happening, and then you get an uneasy feeling, and then you realize, and you all you can think is, how many times has she done this? And then it goes through all these different sort of basically endings and stories and and you are kind of you can see why now she's so cold and 
unfeeling is because it's just been you know knocked right out of her from doing this over and over again yeah full spoilers for anybody who just cares about the story and doesn't have time or care to watch it if you're one of those people um basically we mentioned when we first talked about this show that homura was kind of the standoffish character who was determined to ensure madoka did not become a magical girl that is because before homura was a magical girl she watched the end game of this show which is basically a witch named Wal- valpurgis snacked Snacked. That was that was done very Not well, bad. yeah. Valpurgis snacked, uh, knack. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> stop doing that. Valpurgis snacked. Uh, basically, oh, it's a witch powerful enough to destroy the world, and they yeah. all they know it's coming. They don't know how to beat it, and um, or did she beat it? And the first time, did she beat it? And she died. Is that what happened? Ah, uh, Homer witnessed Madoka die. Basically. She's witnessed her die a lot. <laughs> Homura witnessed uh, Madoka die fighting this witch. Um, Homura at that time was a very sickly transfer student and... Was Madoka not a magical girl. Was not. Madoka was basically her only friend, cared very deeply about Madoka and basically watched her die and never wanted to miss an opportunity. Kyubei pops up and is like, hey, you could... Be a magical girl. A, you could wish for this. Yeah. You could make a wish and undo this type of thing and become a magical girl. She's like, she makes a wish basically to say that she wants to meet madoka again and, and prevent her from getting hurt and yes. she wants to she wants to be able to protect madoka no matter what which grants her time magic which basically means she goes back two weeks and basically relives the same two weeks over, over, and, over, and, over and over and over, and over again, again to try and prevent madoka from dying which inadvertently is the entire reason why madoka becomes has the most potential to become yeah. the strongest. Yeah, and that's a big thing girl. that gets mentioned over and over again is that Madoka has this crazy amount of uh, e- magical energy surrounding her, and they don't know why. They can't figure that out. But basically, basically, it's because all these different, I guess, destinies are hinged on Madoka because yes. of the wish that that she made. And Kube, cute little rat squirrel that he is, demon is a member of an alien race called the Incubators, and their whole raison d'etre is uh, very based on some very wonky science that I don't think holds up, but has something to do with the notion of entropy and preventing it. I think it does hold up weirdly, which is not like an anime at all. I've I've seen like some breakdowns from like actual like, I almost said physicians. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a real doctor. People with like physics backgrounds who have talked about how wonky or not janky the science behind this actually is magic science so you know it's always going to be weird but basically saying to keep the balance of energy in the world they have to gather essentially emotional energy type of thing and what's got more emotional energy than teenage teenage girls girls. (laughs) which is so funny because one of the things and i didn't remember this until uh watching um, something a little while ago about the Power Rangers is that the reason they needed to be teenagers is because of their emotional hormone fluctuations. They had much more power to change. Mm. Um, and I was like, hey, it's not the only thing that is like caught on to that. There's <laughs> other Japanese things that are like, hey, oh, teenagers are crazy. Um, they definitely will have magic powers. I actually thought that was kind of funny. Um and oh, oh sorry. Let's say the other hook in there is that uh, if a so basically as magical girls fight witches, they get these things called grief seeds, which they use to clean purify out. their soul gem. Yeah. And if they don't, 
they turn into witches. Which and you that's don't the know until later on. Balance thing. So how did the Sayaka arc play out for you? Um, that was awful and amazing because it, it weirdly talks a lot about depression mm. and how she's like, you know, she doesn't know why she's doing things, like why she's pushing people away or why she's freaking out on Madoka. Um, but she just, she does it. And that's, that's a big depression thing. You know, you mm. don't know why you're you know being awful to people you or wanting to like not see them when you really inside do want to talk to them or or you know want their help and it was very sad um also as a character i really liked her because you you see this big change right she goes from being this sort of like crazy fun-loving teenage girl who's like i got all these powers cool to being miserable and you know yeah basically caitlin mentioned when we talked about the show her wish had to do with basically like saving a boy as she liked and she does and the boy is like you're such a good friend to me and i'm in love with your best friend and well technically he doesn't technically her friend says i'm in love with his what's his name and unless you confess your feelings to him i'm gonna tell him that i'm in love with him that was so shady where she was like yeah tell him by tomorrow or i'm gonna yeah (laughs) i'm giving you a day because we're friends and of course Sayaka is like, I don't have a body. How can I like mm. be with this person when I don't even actually have a body and I don't have a future? Um, and that's a big thing of why her her soul gem gets so dark as she is obsessing about this. Happy fun show for kids, everyone. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know. I That show like stayed with me like a long time. I'm I'm this is all I could think was this is not your typical anime um and they did such a good job of using tropes and then like you know sort of flipping them on their head I had some issues with the ending it did it did the classic anime end of the universe (laughs) it was totally like the I am Tetsuo thing at the end (laughs) yeah exactly um they I think they could have done that a lot better uh but it we'll, was we'll leave some things for people who want to watch the show we yeah won't say, but won't that say was the everyone's only, ultimate fate but that was the only thing that i was really bugged about was the very end how did you enjoy that bit where like Anne frank was a magical girl or like cleopatra was a magical girl i thought that was really good um joan of arc yeah, joan i of was, arc was like hey that's joan of arc i was trying to figure out who all the people <laughs> were basically it's like cubase talking about you know the origins of his species and the relation with uh with humans who he considers as livestock that's basically basically yeah but oh we we they treat us better than we treat our livestock yeah. so it's basically cubase just doesn't understand humans madoka's like everything you do is horrible and he's like well, do you feel bad about the cows you eat like i don't i don't get you right now if it wasn't for us you people would be naked in caves like yeah and he, as he explains the relationship between the incubators and the various magical girls, it's like, we've been doing this for, you know, centuries. And it's heavily implied that, like, Joan of Arc was a magical girl. And Cleopatra was a magical girl. And Anne Frank was a magical girl. Yeah. And, yeah, that's just, like, one more one more jab of WTF that they throw at you. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, that they didn't need to, but it's like, you, you fuckers, that was, that was cute. Yeah. And, uh, but my favorite scene of any of the episodes is when Kubei gets his head blown the fuck up <laughs> and like just all the like all the dead and then he he another Kubei comes and eats the body like that was just a, a, is that in the Homer episode where uh yeah yeah I think it is and that is just or might have been at the at the end of when 
Sayaka runs off somewhere. I, mm. I can't quite remember, but I just, I was just like, this show is awesome. <laughs> just like, and she knows it doesn't make a difference. But no, she, she just does it anyways. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was because it was because uh, uh, Madoka was about to become a magical girl again, mm. and she was like, "You're so stupid!" <laughs> After you know, blowing his brains out. Yeah, but it's just so there's so many messed up things in that show. I really liked it. If you were to revise a rating, would you give it initially? Did you give it a eight? I think I think I'd, I'm eight point five. I really there's a, that the ending. I I really it just <laughs> makes me. Um, it's it was okay, but I there's lots of things I didn't like about it. Well, as we said, there is a movie sequel uh, that you can check out as well. God, that might have to be its own episode. I might have to rewatch it. I have strong opinions about the movie. The movie, okay. Fucking Homer. Um, <laughs> we might get back to that after we see the movie. And updates. I know we talked about this a while ago, but I didn't revise my rating. I don't remember what I said gave Steven Universe initially, but that, that show was a nine, easily. Ooh, um, a nine. Yeah. I'd be hard-pressed to give anything a ten. I don't know what it would have to be to be a ten. I'm just stingy like that in general, but... All right. Well, maybe I'll try. I'll, I'll For try. being honest, like a nine is really my 10 because it's probably the highest I would ever go anyway. But Oh, you're like one of those awful <laughs> university professors who's like, I don't give anyone a... a no one gets an A+. plus. Yeah. Oh, I hate those guys. Um, finally, we've got some business. Yes. There's going to be a bit of a blurb in the schedule the next couple weeks. Uh, next week, we will both be here. You will have a episode of the geek down it will be out of format it'll be a very special episode very special episode of geek down because it's going to be the secret origin episode yes everyone always loves the secret Origin. we have talked about before uh we're doing this because we have to record in advance because in the next two weeks one of us isn't going to be here i'm going to disney world (laughs) and and universal studios i'm going to harry potter land it's the best reason ever because so if you people think i'm excited to go see perfume in september that's how excited this kid is to go to disney world i'm gonna meet cinderella and i'm gonna meet pocahontas and Belle and probably mrs potts and what are you gonna buy oh and i'm gonna go to harry potter world and i'm gonna buy a wand and it's gonna be so expensive but i'm totally gonna do it <laughs> worth every penny i'm going to all vanders and they're gonna tell me it's gonna have like phoenix feathers with a cool in it sure I'm, I'm super excited so that is why caitlin will not be with us next week and we will bank the secret origin episode for you to listen to next week and the week after that because she will be on her way back from disney world we will have a very special guest. Yes, we will. You'll just have to tune in to see who it is. Longtime listeners, I'm sure you can connect that dot very easily. And that is what we will bring to you. As we said at the top, there are many ways to listen to the show. SoundCloud.com slash GeekdownPod. On iTunes, subscribe. We have a Facebook group, Facebook.com slash GeekdownPod. If you, if you write on it, I will respond. She will respond. We're pretty good. We're pretty good with responding. Sometimes I'm, a little bit slow. Work's been kind of crazy lately, but I'm, I'm, also, trying, I'm also trying to uh, throw things Relevant to our audience's interests that I think people would like, like that, I threw up that video of people getting drawn as Sailor Scouts. Which, seriously, if anyone can draw and they want to do it, please draw me as a Sailor Scout. I will pay you, actually. Call, I will... call for fan art. Caitlin wants to be a Sailor Scout. I would love to be a Sailor get, Scout. Get at her. Find out what she wants her element and or weapon to be. Yeah. Um, as well, we have a Twitter, at GeekDownPod, and the Tumblr, which serves as the show's website, is geekdownpod.tumblr.com. Any corrections? It's actually useful for that. If you heard something on the show that made you yell at your phone, it's probably already been addressed uh, on the show page. 
where I correct myself when I use terms like moe incorrectly, <laughs> um, as well the ongoing list of uh, things Caitlin has forgotten the name of, which you actually, you up top. Oh, nice. I'm getting a high five. Stellar performance this week. Fantastic. Um, yeah, check things out there. The archive, we are working on it. We did have a suggestion that seemed like a good idea, but I haven't uh, fully investigated it yet to just, you know, throw them on a... Throw the old episodes on a Google Drive or something. You, they will still have to rotate out of the SoundCloud and the like feed of the show. The feed will still only have the first, the last like five episodes. But um, but at least there's a way you'd be able to listen. There to would them. be a way you could kind of back alley get to some get to the older episodes for the completists among you. Um, yeah, that's all I got. All right, and I think that's all I got. All right, so be back here next week for your Secret Origins episode, and thank you so much, everyone, for. Always spending your time with us every Tuesday on Geek Town. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye. ready why why is the <laughs> why see this is what happens when you mess around with an air horn app comes back to bite you in the ass I'm taking oh my God. <laughs>